Did you get that? I'm so Also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad to talk to you all again. We're starting to wind down the episodes now, so each time we uh, are on as far as live recording, it starts to get a little bit more emotional, I have to say. <laughs> But we're happy to be back here with you all. We had a few, um, uh, how should I say, technical difficulties recording this episode. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's been a struggle. So, Feli and I are actually now recording on a different day than we actually uh, had our interview. But before we get into the details all of, of all of that, how are you doing, Feli? I'm doing okay. I'm pretty relaxed from my vacation. So, that was really nice. Yeah. So, do you want to tell, tell, tell everyone a little bit about it? Yeah, I kind of announced that, I guess, in the last Uh episode that I would kind of talk about it a bit. Um, To sum it up, it was an amazing week in the Caribbean, laying at the beach and the pool. Um, We went to an all-inclusive resort, which meant that, yeah, not only obviously it's like all the food included, but also we had people serving cocktails to the pool, to the beach. Even when you were inside the pool, they would like walk by and take your order and then serve it to you in the pool. Um, so that like was the really, really adding, nice. <laughs> but not quite. <laughs> well, like even more, like they had an, yeah, a bar better. in the pool, but then like even better, like even if you yeah. weren't at the bar, um, they would just serve you there. So that was amazing. The weather was great. We got a tan. Basically, I just used the week to just lay in. Oh yeah, we had these like, I don't know what the official name is, like cabana, Bali yeah. bed, like these beds with like um, curtains around it yeah. too. So you can like adjust your shade, but they're super comfortable. So basically that's what we were laying on for seven days straight, um, reading books, playing games. Um, and they had like a lot of um, programming there too, of course, mm-hmm. like they had shows at night and like all throughout the day, there was always different stuff like phone parties or we did... Um, like spinning like the the workout uh-huh. when you're when you do, do spinning do you do but the one the that's pool. in the water yeah uh-huh. yeah in the pool um stuff like that they had like a beach party at night one time mm-hmm. um so yeah it was pretty amazing um one thing that i honestly didn't really expect this resort specifically had a lot of americans and yeah. i didn't hear a single person speak German at all, which surprised me. Yeah, that is surprising. Because I was going to say, the Dominican Republic is also a very popular vacation destination for Germans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming that there might be other either spots, like places in the yeah. Dominican Re- Republic that Germans go to or simply different resorts or hotels that Germans go to, just maybe Other places might be marketed more towards the yeah. German audience or maybe also price-wise, like Germans like to maybe sometimes get a better deal. Um, this was definitely more like a little bit of a splurge for, mm-hmm. for ben, and, ben and me. So um, it was still a really, really good deal because the Dominican yeah. Republic is cheap. <laughs> It's kind of also yeah. one of the reasons why we went there instead of like um, Mexico or other yeah. places. But it was still more like on the luxury and mm-hmm. I guess, um, I mean, not like super high end, but like a yeah, little yeah. bit up there. So that was surprising to me, honestly, that there wasn't a single German. Ben said he heard someone speak German one time, but I didn't I didn't meet them. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that surprised me was that a lot of the staff there did not speak English. Mm-hmm. And especially it being like a resort where a lot of Americans come and yeah. – 
that place. So we went to Punta Cana, mm-hmm. um, Bavaro Beach. That was very German. <laughs> I don't even know where the stress would be. Bavaro or like how is Bavaro? it? How is it spelled? Well, Bavaro, <laughs> but I don't remember B- if there yeah, was like B-A-V- an accent. Yeah, it's probably Bavaro. <laughs> Bavaro. Um, yeah, that's which the, actually that's means the, Bavarian. Yeah, I know someone commented that, but that's the beach or like yeah. the, the region within like Punta Cana where that was. But yeah, a lot of a lot of the staff didn't speak English. Even when you like try to order something at the table, they oh, wow. didn't really understand. Yeah. So I was very surprised by that because you would think that it's such a big tourist industry that, yeah. you know, English is like the main language and you can't even work in the tourist mm-hmm field if you don't speak English fluently like even one time um we Ben had lobster and he just wanted a lemon for the lobster Mm -hmm. and they did not understand they were like oh lemonade lemonade and I was like limon and he was like oh okay and then he brought limes because I guess some like Spanish it's like the same um but he brought also like 20 minutes later so that was the other thing that surprised me um, which I've heard from a lot of other people too. Um, this is all like vacation talk, but if yeah. you do plan on going to one of these resorts in the Dominican Republic, obviously it's not really real life, right? It's a kind of like this this fake space, yeah. but it seems like the service as well as the food is like hit or miss, and that's how it was for us too. Mm-hmm. Some of the food was not great. Really? Um, yeah, which, I mean, on the one hand, you could maybe blame on it being an all-inclusive, but um, it was super bland, like no mm. spices, um, no salt and pepper sometimes wow. even. Um, and then other times the food was amazing, and same with the staff. Some of the staff was amazing. One of the main things that especially Ben bonded over was baseball. They uh, yeah, all it's, knew it's, Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, the Dominican Republic is known for having really good baseball players, like some of the best, so... Yeah, and everyone knew the Cincinnati Reds, which is Mm -hmm. the Cincinnati baseball team. And uh, one of the biggest players for the Reds or one of the newest players is uh, Eli de la Cruz. And Mm -hmm. he is from the Dominican. And so everyone was like, oh, my God, yes, you got our player. And a lot of people even walked around with Cincinnati Reds hats. That's crazy. Like of the locals. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, a thing. And some of the staff were like so, you know, friendly and they recognized you every day and they would like mm-hmm. bullshit with you. And then other staff were worse than German customer service. Wow. Which was surprising. It's, like, it's, it's weird that there was such a, a weird like mix of both, you know, like the, uh-huh. the span as far as the quality of the service was so, so wide. Um, I wouldn't have expected that. Me either. Like I, I obviously it's a, it's a poor country and people coming there with, with us dollars too. So like we yeah. were able to just pay in us dollars, um, mm-hmm. because that's like even better for them than if you pay in the local currency and even just like tipping $1, like for every drink that you give is a lot for them. Like we looked it up when we were there, um, and it said that the average salary, uh, a month was like three to 400 us dollars. Wow. So you can kind of like see that, but then we were like, well, if you are in a shitty position like that and you are in a place where you It's a great opportunity have, to make a lot of money if you just put in a little bit of effort. Ex- exactly. Then why why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you be like almost like thankful that you're there? But I mm. think there it might be a pride thing. I don't know if it's like a cultural like thing that but it was like literally I would say like half and half. Like Interesting. people rolled their eyes at us and were like, Oh my God, that's so annoying that you're here pretty much. Interesting. And other people knew knew you by name and yeah. 
were super amazing. Um, but still, that that was just kind of like to give you guys a little bit of background. We also didn't really, well, not just didn't really, we did not leave the resort, <laughs> which was kind of um, our plan, actually. Mm -hmm. But we were thinking maybe we'll do like one of their tours or something like that. But nothing really spoke to us. And when we were there, we realized that the Dominican Republic really... We already knew that it isn't like the safest place. Yeah. But a lot of people say, do not leave the resort. Mm -hmm. And um, when we were there, we figured out that the resort that we were at, actually, um, it was called Majestic Elegance. There was an incident in 2019. And mm -hmm. for some reason, we like didn't see that before we went there, where an American woman was attacked by staff. Oh, wow. And be almost beaten to death. And if you look at the pictures, it's bad. And that happened on the resort. That's crazy. And apparently afterwards, the authorities there kind of didn't really follow up. Like they oh, wow. delayed stuff. Like they delayed a rape, rape kit. And, um, you know, it seemed like they were kind of trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, and they never found the responsible people. So, so that kind of stuff, yeah. And then hearing other people saying, like, do not leave the resort. We were like, you know what? We just want to relax anyways. Let's just stay here. Um, it, and driving from the airport there, we could also tell that things were interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we just lived in that bubble for a week. <laughs> but you felt really... like it was relaxing, at least? It was super relaxing, but Good. I did not really, I guess, experience the culture there, except yeah. for obviously the people that work there, the vendors that walked yeah. by and sold cigars all the time and all these other things. We bought like a painting and we bought a little like souvenir from one of the vendors. So you still kind of, you talk to them and they tell you like they're coming to this resort. Like one of the waitresses at the pool, she was like, she's taking the bus here one hour oh, wow. every morning and then one hour back at night just to work there. And I was like, damn, I, I honestly thought they lived here yeah. like if they work here but anyways yep um that's that's all the background information <laughs> i can provide it was definitely as i said um didn't really expect that i thought it would be even more of a tourist bubble mm -hmm. with well, the english and with the yeah with the service i guess that's good and bad uh yeah Exactly. Maybe brings you back down to reality a bit, but you were also wanting to escape reality. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still had a great time though. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm used to, I, I would say, bad customer service in that sense. So, yeah. when someone rolls their eyes at me, I'm not going to let that yeah, ruin yeah. my day. So, um, I was just like, oh, okay. Oops. I, I didn't think that was going to be a thing here. I thought it would be like more like, like American customer service, I guess. Yeah. Especially, I, I am a little surprised to hear you say that there weren't really many Germans that you ran into. Well, mm -hmm. really for you, any. Because I always hear when Germans come back to Germany after being in the Dominican Republic, they always talk about how Americanized everything is. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just so I'm sure they have their own resorts, quote unquote, that they tend to go to, which I'm sure there's still a lot of Americans who go to those resorts as well. It just surprises me a little bit. I, I always yeah. feel like when growing up, we would be in, I mean, I never went to any all-inclusive resorts growing up, but every vacation destination, there are always so many Germans. Exactly. Um, they're so, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So it's just weird. Uh, maybe, maybe they were all like you kind of flying under the radar a bit. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> because all we heard, it was a lot of Spanish-speaking people, too. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly just that, mainly Spanish and English and yeah. American English. Um, yeah. We heard, like, maybe a couple British people, but 
mainly really just American English. Yeah. But yeah, Germans always go to the Domrep. That's yep. like what we call it in German. Um, to shorten it, it's just Domrep. And I don't know why, but it sounds so cheap when you say it it's like horrible. that. <laughs> um, but that was is definitely a thing. And I know so many people who would yeah, always go there. Definitely. But also I'm thinking maybe not in the summer. Maybe it was also the time of the year. A lot of people go there in the w German winter. Yeah, that would make sense. So. That would make sense. But yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, life is good. I was in Würzburg uh, for a bit with, over the weekend with some friends, or would have, I guess it was two weekends ago now. Um, mm -hmm. But a really, really fun time. Uh, did a wine wine tour slash hike, uh, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Um, it was weird to be in a wine region in Germany as well. So basically, we yeah. went to this winery, uh, and then they gave each person a bottle of wine uh, in my group. Uh, they gave us snacks, bread, different spreads, and each a bottle, like I said, a bottle of wine and a bottle of water and a map. And then we got to like walk through the, <laughs> through the vineyards and stop at different locations, have a drink, eat some mm -hmm. food and then continue. It was a really, really fun time. Uh, and Würzburg is a really pretty city as well. Yeah. And like I said, it's just weird for me because living in Munich, you're surrounded by the beer culture, but to be in a right. region of Germany where wine is very, very prevalent. Um, yeah, it was weird, but cool. So yeah. it's something that some people don't realize about Germany is yeah. that we're also big in wine. I mean, Riesling, I think, is the yep. one that I would most say that's what most Americans know, at least. Yeah, they've at least like heard of it or read it on a menu. Um, that's German. I'm thinking what other from wine Wür Würzburg names? is known for their Silvana. Okay, see, I'm not a wine drinker, so I yeah. don't even know those those type types of wine. But maybe some of you have heard of that. But yeah, like especially like Southwest and just like the the more Western part of Germany in general mm -hmm. um, is pretty big for that and known for that. But also in Munich, we have like a wine fest, for example, yeah. every year. So wine culture is also big. It's it's not really like either or. It both yeah. exists parallel. Mm -hmm. But that sounds like a really cool thing to do. I feel like I think I said that to you privately, but that would be something that a lot of bachelor and bachelorette parties would do in Germany. Yeah, and we ran into them as well. There were a couple yeah. bachelor bachelorette parties going on while we were there, so it was a it was a fun time. Yeah, but your guys' occasion or reason to be there was just for fun. Yeah, I mean, my friends had given it. Yeah, gave it to me for my birthday, uh, mm -hmm. which was a few months ago. But this was the time that it all worked out that our schedules lined up. So yeah, uh, that was the occasion. Um, but we had been wanting to yeah, do a trip to, to another to another city. We like to do city trips. So yeah, um, that was the main occasion. So, But yeah, other than that, I don't think I have really that many updates on my side, just staying busy. Okay. Yeah, with the new job still. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you've kind of arrived now in your new position? Yes and no. Uh, they've made a lot of changes at the company since I've started. So it's been... Um, oh. Uh, it's been a growing process. It's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. The company is growing a lot, so they have to adjust. So it's just some growing pains. Uh, so it's kind of difficult to like get in a rhythm, but yeah. I'm starting to get there. So that's good. Well, today we actually followed your guys' requests because when we announced that the podcast is winding down, I, I asked who else do you want us to invite onto the podcast? And one of the names was Liam Carpenter. And we got him on, guys. We made it happen. Um, he's here today. And in case you don't know who that is just by the name, if you are on social media at all, if you are on YouTube, um, 
Instagram, TikTok, and you're kind of interested in this niche and these like cultural differences, I feel like you've probably at least seen him before. He's from the UK. He now lives in Germany and he's a social media creator, content creator in the comedy sector. Um, and he makes these little skits about things that are typical German. And one of his main things is um, in Germany, we don't say, <laughs> we say, <laughs> so um, that was just a really bad a, example. Just add a strong German <laughs> accent to that. In Germany, we don't say. Exactly. I'm gonna um, show you an example real quick. In Germany, we don't say. Wow, it looks really cold outside today. I think I'll keep all the windows shut. We say. So that's Liam Carpenter, and we're super excited to have him on today and learn a little bit more about him as a person, hopefully. Welcome, Liam. I'm, I'm so glad you made it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> you were a highly requested guest, and I'm sure that most people that are interested in this kind of content that we do and that I do on my YouTube channel, like the typical German stuff, the cultural differences, especially in terms of the English-speaking world, um, have probably seen you before, whether that was on Instagram or on TikTok or YouTube shorts. You're kind of everywhere. And if people just scroll, <laughs> I think you're just going to pop up eventually. Um, and before we learn a little bit more about you as a person and your story and everything, I was wondering, what's like the most common thing that people... Um, bring up when they see you in real life? Is, like, is there like one sentence that they always say to you or one specific skit that they bring up? 100% in Germany, we don't say, comes up like nearly every time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's either, oh, it's the guy from TikTok or in Germany, we don't say, these are like the most, the two most common ones, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I, when I was talking to some people that we were interviewing today, that's how I referred to you as well. Yeah. So, and people knew exactly what I was talking about, which is obviously then a great uh, sign and proof that what you're doing has been very successful. So uh, congrats yeah, on that you. for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just kind of taken off and uh, yeah, really grateful and kind of see where it goes. As I said, I think most people have probably seen something from you, but of course your content is mostly, mostly, <laughs> mostly and mainly um, comedy and not so much about you as a person. So we're excited to hopefully learn a little bit more about you. So um, yeah, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you, where are you from and how did you end up in Germany? Yeah, so uh, I moved to Germany when I was 18. Um, mm, that's early. I, yeah, I know. Mm. I had the opportunity to play professional basketball here in Germany mm -hmm. and I just I just went for it. I had been training my whole life for to become a professional basketball player. Mm -hmm. Not many people probably know this because I never show it in the content. Um, yeah. But I played professional basketball here for seven years before I started wow, making... Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, yeah, nine years I've been here now. So seven years I played professionally and um, then I started making the videos. So I kind of transitioned from one crazy job to the other. <laughs> yeah, those are both like not regular nine to five office jobs or anything like that. How did you get started with those videos? Um, it was kind of like my basketball career was on a downwards spike kind of. Okay. Um, I wasn't really playing that much and I was looking for a way out kind of. Mm -hmm. And my first idea was to become a personal trainer to kind mm -hmm. of stay in the sport um area 
but I, I tried a few videos at the beginning and they just did not perform well. Ah, so you like, tried to do like personal training yeah. on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it was kind of like I tried, I used like trending sounds to kind of get it kickstarted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just, it didn't work. Okay. So I, I was just looking for something that was kind of unique mm-hmm. to me and yeah, just one day randomly, I made one video about uh, the German cliches. Like, uh, I think it was about German language was my first ever video. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the first one got like 100,000 views. And I was just like, wow, okay. This, yeah, that's a something crazy here. start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I didn't have that at the beginning, I might not have carried on with it. Mm-hmm. But it was such like a... It was adrenaline. like a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just need to keep this going. Like, it's just, it's so much fun for me to create it and for people watching. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just kept going with it. Now we're here. And that was three years ago or two years ago? How long ago did two you and start? Half, two and a half okay. years ago. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly not that long, but also in nowadays with TikTok and all the short form video content, I know that it is possible to blow up pretty quickly, but you're at over like one and a half million followers on on tiktok i think right yep yep and then you have like close to a million on all the other platforms in addition to that so it's crazy how many people you're reaching i know it's insane at first i only did tiktok Mm -hmm. because i i kind of wanted to because on instagram you know i've got friends following me Mm. and stuff and at the beginning i really wasn't sure what everyone was going to think about it I know that feeling. That was going to be my next question is what does your family think about it? Like they didn't find out about the videos uh, until six months after uh, I'd I'd Ah. been posting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. My dad was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, (laughs) He didn't uh, like it? He he did. He thought it was funny. It was just like the kind of I'd been training for basketball my whole life. And it was like, I've just kind of given it all up to... Mm do these videos and it was kind of a bit of a shock mm. but uh now he's very uh supportive he even joined in on one of the videos uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah and he just got a whole new appreciation for like what goes into the video yeah and that was that was a really good a really good moment yeah yeah, because many people don't, especially if you've never worked in media. Like I, my background was in radio and production. So like I already knew how much work goes into this kind of stuff. But I know that for a lot of people that have no clue, they think if they see like a one minute video from you, it takes you like half an hour to make. But how long yeah. does it really take you? At, at least five to six hours. At least I've, I've had videos that take a couple days to make yeah. just because I have this idea of how it looks in my head. Right. And mm-hmm. if I can't get that exactly how I want it on the screen, I go over it, over it until I get it exactly how I imagine it in my head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it can take up to a couple of days sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, I know that feeling some people still like message me. And I mean, I'm not saying that I put out like that much content, but I put out long form content and then we do the podcast every other week. And then I'm also kind of active on social media and my videos are often 20 30 minutes, even sometimes over 30 minutes long, and they're researched. Wow. And um, and people still ask me, like, hey, so what's your full-time job? And I'm like, well, I do this, like, 80 to 100 hours a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, it's always crazy um, how people that don't know this kind of stuff, I don't know how what they think, how it, how it all gets created. But I think at least with more and more content creators 
being out there. I think it's it's just becoming like a more and more popular job. I think the understanding for it is becoming bigger, but especially in the like older generation, like our parents. For sure. Yeah, it definitely still takes a little bit, but that's really cool <laughs> that he now appreciates it. Yes, <laughs> he does. And also, um, it was also funny when, because uh, my wife I married, is, um, she was also a little bit unsure. It was like she needed that kind of security because when mm-hmm. I was playing, I kind of had an income and it was like, okay, I'm just going to stop all of this now because mm-hmm. I, I felt so confident about how I could do on the social media. I just kind of dropped everything and just went for it. And uh, that was a little bit, a bit of a thing for us as well. But I just, I just knew it was going to work. I just had this feeling yeah. um, if yeah. I put everything into it, that it was going to, it was going to work. So, yeah. And then became yeah. your full-time job. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that's really cool. Which is which is crazy to me because you don't have any sort of formal training in editing or any sort of like production education per se. It was all on the job learning for you, right? Yeah, yeah, I just learned by doing pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like the act I've never acted before. Mm-hmm. I never cut videos before. I literally every day it was just a learning learning process. And um I just I just had that kind of drive, just I wanted, I knew how I wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. So I was just willing to do anything to get my vision on the screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every day I was just learning, learning, trial and error, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what did your teammates think? Because uh, you, you started it while you were still playing basketball, right? So yeah, I'm sure that would have, that would be an interesting uh, locker room topic. So the last team I was on in Germany, I, that's when I started posting the videos. Mm-hmm. They still had no idea until when I, that season finished and I went back home. They had no idea I'd even started the videos. Um, but then my last season was in England. Oh, okay. And this is when I kind of had like four to 500,000 on TikTok. Wow. And my teammates were like, what are you like? <laughs> what are you doing? This is crazy. Yeah. Like how did they not accidentally find you on there? I think for some reason, like it's just not a thing in the UK. Like I don't have that much of a following in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of like the social media guy on the team told everyone about my following. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, some guys made a little bit of fun of me Mm -hmm. because they didn't really get it. I actually, that's the team I actually left. I quit halfway through that season oh, wow. um, just because I wasn't happy with the quality of the videos I was producing. Mm. I, I felt like I had to produce two to three videos each day to kind of mm-hmm. stay relevant. And uh, I really just wanted to hone in and up the quality. So that's when I left. Yeah. I didn't realize that you went back to the UK for a while. So you were in yeah. Germany for years and then... You did you your wife moved back with you too? No. So I was really struggling to get a, a basketball team in Germany for my last season. So the only offer I had was first league in England. And yeah, just went for it. I'd never done it before. I mean first league sounds pretty good, right? I in England it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. I know I mean, nothing it, about sports. <laughs> England is not known for basketball. <laughs> yeah, but neither is Germany, right? Or, That's or what I was going to say. We've talked a lot about t- your TikTok career so far, but we want to, like we said, get to know the guy behind it all. So <laughs> as a kid, did you always think, oh, I want to play basketball in Germany? Or how did you end up playing basketball in Germany? Because for me, especially as an American, like yep. Germany and basketball, okay. 
sure. Yeah. So how did so, that? Tell us a little bit more about that. I yeah, the dream was to go to America. I think mm. everyone who plays basketball wants to make it to the NBA. So yeah. yeah, my my initial goal was to go do one year in Munich, and then I was going to try and go to college in the states. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it didn't work out. I kind of had an offer from Alaska from a Division two school, but it never worked out in the end. Okay. Yeah. So, and so then I had an off. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just had an offer to just keep playing over here. So okay. mm-hmm. that was, uh, I just, I just took it. That's why I stayed. Yeah. <laughs> so basketball in Germany, you said it's professional, right? I, I'm like, just not quite sure how much money does a basketball player make in Germany? And you don't have to tell me your salary, but no, no. was it comfortable to live on? Uh, mine wasn't really. I was okay. like bouncing between leagues. I've played from fourth league in Germany to first league. Okay. Um, so I've just I was kind of bouncing between the levels, and this is that's why I gave up in the end because mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah it was a tough grind sometimes to try and make it to the top level. Yeah. And um, I played one year in the first league, which is a very high level, mm-hmm. but I was on the bench most of the time. Oh man, what team <laughs> so, did you play for then? Uh, it's called Hackro uh, Merlin's Kralsheim. Okay. Not that I would yeah. know it, but maybe some of our <laughs> listeners do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, very good team. I just, it was kind of too good for my level. Oh, okay. Mm. So this was kind of where my career started to go down a little bit, where I didn't get the minutes and I wasn't developing. So yeah, that's why I, I looked for a way out. But basketball in Germany is is very good. The first league is like known as one of the best leagues in Europe. Interesting. So, See, I I, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I know that like the FC Bayern basketball is pretty big in Munich. So yep. FC Bayern that also has the soccer club. They also have basketball and they have um, Rollstuhl basketball as well. So wheelchair basketball. Um, and I know that that's kind of big, but I always thought that's more like a local thing. Like Munich people just like to watch that. I didn't really realize <laughs> that basketball was that big in Germany. <laughs> I've been to one German basketball game. I th- it was either Nuremberg or Bamberg. I forget exactly which city it was that has the okay. team. That both both have a team. Yep. Okay, then it could have been either or. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> Shows you how impactful the experience was for me. Uh, but it was such an interesting experience being an American uh, at a German basketball game. Like, especially for, from our university sports being so rambunctious and loud and people really getting into it and all of the Germans just sitting there in their chairs, like they got like their little <laughs> noisemakers and sitting there being very like well-behaved. It was, oh, really? it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So you said basically the UK level is kind of below the German level. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First league in England is probably like equivalent to third league in Germany. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just to give you a bit of, Context, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your wife stayed in Germany, so you guys did long distance for that season? Yes. Yep. We were apart too. for four months. Yeah. yeah. That was a huge reason as well. I wanted to move back. It was kind of like the time where COVID has kind of passed. It was that mm-hmm. kind of time. It was still there, but it was kind of the time where things were opening up again. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I really just wanted to go home and focus and hone hone in on the content yeah yeah for sure I mean it all worked out for you in the end do you ever (laughs) still do you still play basketball at all now do you do it for fun or is that like not a part of your life anymore now 
It's, it really isn't. I, it's a bit sad that it's not a part of my life anymore. I just, I invest so much time and effort into the videos. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that thing. If I do something, I want to do it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I played, it would just be, you know, it'd be for fun, which is not bad. But for me, it's kind of like I'd always have that frustration of like where I yeah. could have could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd rather just go all in with the content and see where I can go with this instead of maybe not putting as much effort in and still playing on the side. Yeah, makes so sense. So I, I just go all in for, for what I do, yeah. Yeah. You did, however, play soccer the other day, right? I saw you on the... Yeah. It was called the, this huge event in Germany where all these content creators came together and played each other. What was it called again? Battle of the Socials. Okay, yeah. And so, um, yeah, all these content creators from like TikTok and Twitch and YouTube and all the different platforms kind of got together and played on teams against each other. Um, did you end up being in the winning team? No, it's, it's a shame though, because I was actually supposed to be on team TikTok. That's the okay. team that won. Uh-huh. And they, they switched me last second to Team Instagram. Oh, um, okay. I, mean, so, I mean, I guess you could do either. <laughs> <laughs> it was really strange. They just they switched it last second. So okay. I could have been on the winning team, but it doesn't yeah. matter. It was <laughs> for fun. I'll consider you an honorary member here on the other yeah. Station podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's so cool that he's part of Because I had seen it because I follow other German influencers or creators as well. And so I had kind of heard of it. But then I saw that you were actually in one of the little promo clips that I saw or the little summary clips that they published afterwards. And I was like, oh, he must be really athletic as basketball, soccer. Like, it seems like you can play it all. I thought I was before I played <laughs> that football game. Jesus. I was, was like out good. of breath. I've run up and down like two times and I was done. <laughs> because you haven't played basketball in two years Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I was like, God, I need to start working out as much as I used to. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It was fun though. It was fun. So just to give some context now, you, you said that you lived in Munich. Um, and where do you live now? I think I, I heard you for our listeners. If you want to hear Liam speaking German, uh, go check out the Easy German podcast as well, which was helpful in preparation for this interview some. Um <laughs> But so you no longer live in Munich or in a big city, right? You live in more of a village now. So kind of maybe where have you lived in Germany? So, yeah, I'll just kind of go through. I went from Munich to a very small uh, village in Mm -hmm. Baden-Württemberg. It's kind of in between Nuremberg and Stuttgart. Okay. Okay. Um, So that is where I played for two years after Munich. And then I went to Hagen for one year. And then I moved back to this small village okay. uh, for another two years. And then my last season in Germany was in Berlin. Oh. Okay. So I have a, I have lived near Berlin for half a year. Yeah. Seven to eight months as well. That really so means that. all over. Yeah. Like you, that yeah. really means that you understand the Germans for real because you've been in the big <laughs> cities, the small places, different, different parts of the country. Because that's always like one of the criticisms that we get because... Josh lives in Bavaria in Munich. I'm from Munich. So people always say, oh, like whenever you generalize about Germans, which is obviously something that happens when you talk about cultural differences, they're always like, what you say only applies to Southern Germany or to Bavarians. So your little skits are therefore probably even more accurate. I mean, yeah, I I try and get like a general, (laughs) I don't know. I don't really, I don't think you get this feeling. It's just one kind of region. 
mm-hmm. that's involved. Yeah, I, um, so. I I don't really play with accents. Um, I have thought about trying to do content for the specific regions, mm-hmm. but I I think it's a bit too niche. I don't know. I haven't really dived into that yet. So yeah. kind of just keeping it general. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, do you ever get criticism? Because I feel like all of us do that. So like from some Germans will find it really funny and accurate and be like, yes, 100%. And other Germans will be a little nitpicky and be like, well, but we're not all like that. Does, does that happen to you? Do you get that negative feedback? I, th- I think I used to in like the first year I was posting. I definitely mm-hmm. noticed a few times. But now I really couldn't say that I, I do. I okay. You maybe you find one or a few comments on each post, but you know I think it's just a lot of positive, a lot of positive feedback. If anything, it's like they'll suggest maybe an alternative idea. Like mm-hmm. there's just not one way you can maybe say this, or there's like different sayings for different regions. Like mm-hmm. people will kind of suggest ideas. It's not like kind of a negative, like oh why are you doing this? That's it's good. kind of more like oh maybe try this way or yeah i'm glad to hear that because um, yeah. <laughs> i know that germans there's like there's both groups i would say among germans like the ones that find it really funny to make fun about their own country and their own culture and then there's always the ones that are like hold on we're not yeah. like that we're nice and we're funny and we don't scream like that and we don't even when we follow the rules it's because it's important it all it all makes sense like you know the, the germans that like will defend all of the stereotypes basically for sure yeah, yeah. no i i Definitely have seen some where it's like, are we really like that? Like <laughs> a few comments. Um, but I think the main thing is that I make a lot of fun about myself and my uh, uh, the British culture. Yeah. So I think it re- it kind of takes away from what I'm saying about Germany or, you know, the, it kind of, it's a very balanced tone, yeah. I think. So maybe this is a reason why, I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, or maybe also the algorithm just made its way to the right people that actually want to consume that kind of stuff. I mean, could be. yeah, I'm not, not, not saying that you anyone should be offended by what you're doing. I just feel like <laughs> there's always random people that are offended by like yeah. certain jokes. Um, but actually talking about that, like all the, the comedy aspect, because obviously that's what you do is comedy and you make people laugh. And um, one of the biggest cliches or stereotypes about Germans is that we don't have any humor or that we don't understand humor. What's your take on that? I just, I cannot agree with it at all. Like uh, every, like the German friends that I know, like they're just hilarious. Like it's just got such a great, maybe they're not as like outgoing with it, but there's this very subtle like, dry humor I've noticed or quite kind of like this dark humor or the friends mm-hmm. that I have here anyway mm-hmm. um yeah I I think they're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> do you think that British and German humor is pretty different I think it's it's quite similar in a way okay I think um there's this kind of I always say like this dry humor I don't know this kind of like They like it a bit edgy, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, maybe maybe not sometimes against their own culture, but maybe in general, yeah. uh, like a bit more out there. Um, that's what I've found anyway, yeah. 
So would you say that there was like a learning curve for you as far as uh, trying to like hone in on the German humor uh, with your videos at least? Um, if because you're saying that they're quite it's quite similar to to a British humor. So what was that process like for you? I mean, I feel like this is why in the beginning it kind of did quite well. It's just because there was that similarity in the humor, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think it would have kind of taken off as mm-hmm. it did. Um, I think people really enjoyed that I made fun of myself. Yeah. Um, I wasn't afraid to do that. Yeah. But I also wasn't afraid to kind of, you know, make fun of these German stereotypes. Like, even though it wasn't like, it was, it wasn't like in an offensive way. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of, they were there. The stereotypes were there, but they weren't in a way. It was mm-hmm. kind of a mix. So speaking of all these stereotypes, these German stereotypes that you make fun of, which include the train system a whole lot, which someone I think actually suggested that. Some of, one of our listeners said that we should ask you about the German train system since our <laughs> oh podcast my God. is called Understanding Train Station. How long have um, you got? How long, how long have we got? Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we tend to have very long. I was going to say we tend to have very long episodes. <laughs> yeah. so we have a lot okay. of time. You're good. Nice. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask, with all these stereotypes, um, is there a stereotype that you have taken on? Like, is there certain aspects of your personality that have become super German, maybe even in a way that you would make fun of it? Like some of these stereotypes that you technically make fun of that you've incorporated into your own life? I mean, probably the biggest one, but I did this before I moved here. I'm super punctual. Okay. I'm I I get everywhere super early. Okay. But I I'm like I was like that before I even moved. Okay, over so it's here. just one of those things. It's just personality trait. Yeah, but I I like being organized. Um, I think with this job is a bit different because a lot of things happen spontaneously. Mm-hmm. But usually I like everything organized. I kind of like to know what's going on, like a plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Maybe that aspect as well, yeah. So you definitely get along with the Germans that plan everything ahead two weeks or like ask you, hey, so next month, do you want to go to the movies? <laughs> you know, the, the worst is uh, my wife and I go hiking quite a lot uh-huh. and uh, she plans most of the, the routes in, okay. in the mountains. And we've sometimes, she's suggested a route and we've just been lost, like... We'll be walking for hours on end, like so. Oh man! Yeah, maybe we flipped the the roles in this one. <laughs> you got lost. So we hiked up the Zugspitze, mm-hmm. and we the highest we mountain planned, in Germany. Yeah, we started right at the bottom, and we planned to walk from the bottom to the top in one day. And wow. we it was getting like three four p.m. and we weren't really close to the top. I think we were still two hours away. And we were going to miss the last cable car. So we just decided to turn all the way back. And we ended up walking, I think it was 42 kilometers on this day. Oh my God. Yeah. That's 12 hours. We we were walking for 12 hours. Yeah. Wow. That makes for a fun car ride home. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's the part of your life where she takes over the planning, is what you said. I mean, Sometimes it doesn't go to <laughs> plan, but yeah. yeah. But there is at least a plan when you start. Yeah. That's yeah. a German thing for sure. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hiking and walking. And I know you mentioned that a lot in your skits as well as like yeah. the German walks. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, and anything else, like anything, obsession about the fun system or separating trash or anything else where you've become like really overly German at heart? I think the separating the rubbish has uh, is is quite a big thing. Yes, now no. sometimes I even say like, "Hey, that that shouldn't even that shouldn't go there." Like <laughs> sometimes I find myself uh, saying that. Like I mm. really I'm quite detailed with the separating. Like if there's a a cardboard box with a, a, like a tiny bit of plastic, like I'm ripping it out, like separating it. Um, so yeah, maybe, probably this as well. <laughs> I, I I can relate to that. Um, even in the like on envelopes, sometimes yes. I'll make sure to pull out the inside of. <laughs> oh, just wow. to be safe. <laughs> yeah, you guys are more <laughs> more German than me. It's because we're afraid that. of the German. <laughs> when you come to Germany, you're afraid of the Germans yelling at you for doing something wrong. So yeah, you need this. This is not an advertisement. This you you need this. The the Mülltrennung Lernwerkstatt. Oh my What gosh. is that? <laughs> It's like a little toy set that helps you learn about oh the mood. Mul- <laughs> That's so cute. Is that for kids? I, I assume so. But <laughs> for kids or and for foreigners. Expats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what's like one of the things where you can't get along with the German culture at all, where you're always going to be British at heart and every time you encounter this, you're like, oh my God, I find the Germans so annoying in this regard. I mean, I, th- I think it has to be the paperwork. I don't know yeah. if this is, mm. I've heard it's a very German thing, but mm. the problem is I, I've never worked in the UK. Mm. I've only worked in Germany, so I don't know how different it is. Yeah. Um, but the paperwork is just it's brutal. Yeah. Like, uh, especially in the beginning when I couldn't un- even understand it. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, very, that was very tough to get used to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. totally see that. Yeah. I mean, Josh. I, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm just sitting here agreeing with so much of what you say. But you just kind of hinted at the the topic as well of as far as your German learning experience. I mean, language and culture go hand in hand, obviously. So I can imagine that really until you started to learn German uh, or had a good understanding of the German language that maybe that up, opened up some doors for you as well in regards to cultural understanding. So what was that German process or journey learning process like for you? Did you speak any German before you moved to Germany? And uh, yeah, are you still actively like, quote unquote, learning German? Your German is definitely at a good level now. Um, so I did know a word of German before I moved here. And it was tough the first mm-hmm. year. It was like, because I was in this this team where it was like hard, everyone was either from America or it was like Spain. It was such a mix mm-hmm. in the team. Yeah, Everyone spoke English. It was like, I did, didn't use it day-to-day life. Yeah. So the first year, I really didn't learn much at all because mm-hmm. um, I was also planning to move to America. Right. Yeah. So, so what's the point? Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then when I stayed, I was like, okay, I, I should start picking, <laughs> I should start picking some of this up. So mm-hmm. the second and third years when I really started learning, um, and then I got my B1 certificate probably four years after I I was in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. just because I don't know, I didn't really have a proper teacher. I was literally just using apps and just books that I had bought from yeah on online mm-hmm. and yeah. uh i just i found it really hard it was like this broken process like i would learn a word from an app then i would figure out trying to how put it in a sentence in the book like 
my learning process was not not good. I would not recommend it probably for an efficient way to learn German. Um, but then I started to like watch TV in German mm-hmm. or films that I'd watched in like Harry Potter, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I started watching that in German just because I knew I wouldn't get frustrated if I didn't understand what was what was said because yeah. I know what what happens. Right. Yeah. So I found this a good way to just pick things up. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't say I'm actively learning right now. I just I just kind of pick things up like a a phrase each day or a few mm-hmm. words. I still watch TV in German each day. Just the problem okay. is I just don't really use it as much as I should. I speak English all the time with my wife mm-hmm. um, at home. So yeah, I I should definitely use it more. I just kind of got to like this base level with the B1. And it was like, okay, I can understand stuff now. I can get by. I'm just going to kind of carry on like this. So, yeah. yeah. And then you just plateau. I think a lot of people that learn a language know that situation where like it's good enough. So you're just staying at that level because there's no real motivation. And it's crazy too in Germany, like what you said. And I think Josh is also kind of experiencing this, that it is really in some situations, depending, of course, what you do for a living, possible to get by without speaking a lot of German. So like you're saying, you're not really using it a whole lot which to a lot of people that don't really know what it's like in Germany might sound surprising. Like, what do you mean you live in the country? But I mean, at the grocery store, you don't do that much talking usually anyways. Um, And if you work in English, if all of your communication takes place in English and with your wife especially, then yeah, there really aren't that many situations where you're going to be forced to speak German. I think this is the, it's a bad thing because a lot of people ask me kind of, some tips of how to learn German. I think I'm quite a bad example because I've had jobs where I don't really need it. Yeah. yeah. And because people who's looking for jobs that, you know, you need to speak German, I'm probably not the best person to, to go to, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame because I think the motivation thing is a, is a, it's a big thing, you know, kind of this, if you need it, then you kind of have this extra drive. Um, so it's a shame I, I didn't really have this, also this internal motivation in the beginning to just kind of be open and just learn the language. Because mm-hmm. I really appreciate now people who put the effort in to learn it. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people who I used to play with, mm-hmm. they just kind of refused to learn it. And it's like, people need to speak English to me. Like It's kind of like they expect everyone to speak English to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I now I really appreciate people who are willing to learn or at least put in the effort. It just comes across as a much, it's just a better vibe, I think, for both both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, since you've spent so much time in Germany now, you actually, if I understood correctly, you're, you also have a German passport at this point, yeah. right? So yes. very, very German. <laughs> lucky, lucky you that you have the German passport, so you don't have to deal with the Ausländerbehörde anymore. True, <laughs> true. But I was wondering, through the time that you've spent in Germany, obviously you've gotten to know a lot of Germans. You you're married to a German. You live in a more rural area now, or in a village. When you're coming up with video ideas, um, do you have specific people in mind uh, that inspire your videos or inspire your characters? Or is it just kind of like the general stereotypical quote unquote German? 
Yeah, there's not really, I would say, specific people. Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely situations where I try to take things from. Like the supermarket is a great example. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the cashier sometimes, you know, not very, not very happy. You know, it's quite <laughs> a typical thing. Um, so just taking things from like the situations more than the people itself. Yeah. Just kind of how it would be in that scenario. Yeah. So I would say more of a general. Yeah kind of thing not not adding people directly yeah we wanted you to call some people out no. <laughs> <laughs> like your mother-in-law or someone yeah like that. exactly yeah. <laughs> very have, political answer we see you have like a, a certain set of characters right that are pretty much the same i don't know how many four or five different characters that are re recurring um do you have a favorite one or like one that is most fun to play for you definitely the the german man With the the bulk tusher and the cap. 100%. Oh, so the regular my, character, basically. The, the regular character, hundred percent, okay. is my favorite. Okay. He's just <laughs> just so cool. Like, just says it out. Is like, he's just so like calm. And then at the end, he'll, you know, with the little smile. Sometimes it's just, I don't know. He's just got this this cool vibe to him. <laughs> I don't know this character. <laughs> so is he kind of who you want to be? Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. that. See, the funny thing about that character to me is like, on the one hand, it is like stereotypical German, but on the other hand, also like in a very surprising way, I think only young Germans understand that character because like it's not a dude in Lederhosen. It's not like someone with socks and – well, actually, he has sandals, doesn't he? He does have the socks and Birkenstocks or fake Birkenstocks. Yeah, wear, okay. yeah, But he doesn't have this like uncool look that a lot of stereotypical German images kind of use. But it's honestly, I feel like he's like Frankfurt. Like it's yes. <laughs> this stereotypical Frankfurt dude. That was the inspiration. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first started this character, it was only the gray tracksuit without mm -hmm. the cap, the bulk tasha and the Birkenstocks. Mm -hmm. But then there was a lot of comments that were like, You need, you need to have a cap, like, you know, this is like a typical Frankfurt Hopbanoff kind yep. of <laughs> outfit. <laughs> so I just added pieces based on the feedback I got. Mm -hmm. And now, now it, he looks like this. This is what it's come to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people wanted. I like that it's not that, you know, old traditional stereo German stereotype, but it's kind of like a new stereotype in a way that is also like accurate to a certain extent. <laughs> and it just kind of combines a lot of different, I guess, fashion trends among younger people. But yeah, I just, I like that about the character. You don't really nice, see a lot thanks. of them walking around in Munich, I feel like. Munich is a little bit more bougie yeah, overall. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's true. You, you need to experience Frankfurt to, to really get it, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> We asked some of our listeners if they had any questions for you as well. And uh, one of them uh, came from someone who actually lived in the UK for a while. She's German. Oh. And she said that uh, she knows that quite often there are quite a number of preconceptions about Germany slash Germans. So what did your friends and family think of you moving to Germany and deciding to stay here long term? Honestly, my dad was like really positive about it. I, I didn't have any preconceptions about Germany before I moved. Um, mm. I hadn't really have traveled that much from the UK, so I didn't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, but my dad was like really positive. He really wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have anyone kind of saying any negative things or had like a predetermined idea of how it was going to be. 
There was mm. there was one person who said, uh, "Watch out." that the women don't shave their armpits. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> yeah, that, I hear that all I the time I don't know where too. this came from. So do I. People still ask me like, oh, is it true that all Germans stink because they don't shower? And I'm like, maybe in the 70s? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> For me, it's, it's actually really weird because in like here, men shave their armpits, which is something that doesn't happen in the US very often yes. at least. Not all it's men funny. in Germany, though, right? But uh, I've seen a lot of men with shaved armpits mm. compared to the U.S. That is funny you say that, because every time my armpit hair grows a little bit too long, my wife's like, I think it's time that you shave this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So it's, yeah, basically Sorry, we're getting too personal here. No, no please get <laughs> as good. personal as you want. <laughs> that's what we want here. Um, that's nice. crazy. I, I get asked that all the time too. Like, is it true that really? German women don't shave their legs? They're like basically just don't shave in general. Crazy. And I feel like there is a trend that goes towards like as for women not to shave, which I think is, is a great trend for people who don't want to. They shouldn't yeah. feel obligated Pressured. to. Yeah. But I think it's a trend that's kind of happening everywhere, not just in Germany. Yeah, yeah crazy. I honestly, I had no idea. I, someone said it to me before I came here. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> so there wasn't like any Nazi stereotypes no, or anything like honestly, that? Honestly, yeah, nothing. Okay, that's no. good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't really say anything bad about the weather either coming from the UK. This is the thing. A lot of people say that here to me, like, oh, the weather's so bad in the UK. But I honestly would say it's very, it, I would say it's even. Yeah, that's what I would like, think, yeah. It rains just as much as here in the UK, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really see the the slander or <laughs> towards the bad. Obviously, maybe if you were from another country like Spain or yeah. I, mm -hmm. I would get it. But I'm not sure from... Yeah, uh, from Germany, I don't know. That's what I meant, oh, though. I like, it's the that. same. It's just as bad in both countries. Yeah. I've been struggling, I have to be honest, uh, with this summer, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's been so gray and cold and rainy lately. Yeah, uh, At least true. in Munich, that okay. compared to Cincinnati, where I'm from. Uh, Wait, but before a, this, you complained about the heat wave, Josh. I know, I know, it was I know, hot. I know. <laughs> it was hot. It was. And that was summer, and now summer's over. <laughs> are you okay yeah i need to go grab a glass of water real quick sorry yeah do that real quick okay no worries i got my little um american mate do you drink german mate Ooh. drinks like club, club mate i don't i i think i've tried it once okay um but yeah i don't know i'm just a i'm a sparkling water guy that's that's what i've got here interesting did yeah. you drink sparkling water before you moved to the uk uh, to the uk no. to germany I refused. I refused to drink it. And then just, uh, you good? I hope. Nice. We'll see. <laughs> um, just after like two or three years, I just I just got hooked on it. I just found it so like refreshing, especially when it was really cold. Yeah. Sparkling I water. Just, uh, yes. Yeah. I just found it. I felt like I just made me healthy. I don't know. I just, it just felt very healthy to drink it. I don't know why. I just convinced myself this. Yeah. And now it's all I drink. Yeah. So that's another thing where you're very German at heart then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just told him about mate because I'm drinking this American ah. mate. And I, honestly, I feel like the mate drink, so like Club Mate, Mio Mio Mate, so I don't know what all the other brands are. Um, it's such a big like trend 
drink in Germany, especially like among hipsters, like Berlin people. So yeah, if you ever yeah. want to use that for one of your skits, I think that would also <laughs> like nail it. Let <laughs> me write this down. It's all I drink when I'm in Germany. And they just like recently, I think a year ago, finally brought out one in the US because they did. It's not really a thing here, but they had a brand, but it was always not carbonated. So it tasted mm. weird. The one in yeah. Germany is carbonated and they finally brought out a carbonated one. It costs a fortune, but I'll still buy it. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks quite fancy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, ma- mate is my go-to when I go out with friends uh, for for a night out. Vodka mate. Ooh. It's yeah, it's a, basically it's like a South American tea, and then they process yeah. it. Um, it's probably not even the tea at the end anymore. But then no. I think they add more caffeine to it, and <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's supposed to be a little bit more healthier than energy drinks. Yeah. Nice. I might have to give it a go. Yeah. yeah. I think you should. <laughs> suggestion. Nice. I know you mentioned that you moved back to the UK briefly uh, and then came back to Germany. But if you were to move away from Germany again long term or even during that time that you were back in the UK, what do you miss about Germany or what do you think you would miss about Germany? I, I, so, I don't know if it's something I miss, but whenever I go back, I kind of sometimes I feel out of place. Like, for example, mm-hmm. with the crossing the street with the, the red light, I always wait now whenever I go back to the UK, but it's no one waits in the UK. <laughs> it's very rare that you would see people wait if there's no cars. And I, I just stand there now. I literally wait if there's nothing coming. Yeah. And my friends are like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's been Germanized. So, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's something I miss, but I feel like... It's something I've taken and I, I like it, you know. I feel like this is something that's kind of just been installed into me now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like it. It's a nice it's a nice way to do it. Yeah, just I wait mean, till it's, it's the green. safest, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good example for kids. So nothing exactly. nothing to say against that. Um, is there, are there any foods or anything like that that you miss from Germany when you're not there? Mm, maybe a good bratwurst. Okay. That's probably what I miss. Yeah. But uh yeah. That's about it. Oh, and the bread and bread. Of course. The okay, bread standard is, answer, is, yeah. Is better. <laughs> and the beer is better too mm. in in Germany. So yeah, these these three things. So you're I not miss. a big like British beer like the ale fan. No. Okay. No, not at all. I'm a good uh either Pilsner or um yeah, like a hell. Mm-hmm. Hell is beer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, I think we would both agree with that. As a Brit in Germany, I have to ask, how's the, the German tea game? How's it holding up? Uh, very, very good. Yeah? I, I, I'm a huge fan of like the fruity teas. Mm-hmm. Like there's just the, the there's like endless yeah, like selection I know. of teas. <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe the British tea tea game with milk is probably stronger, mm-hmm. but you know, Germany just has such a variety of you know these teas, exotic teas. I don't yeah. know. I, I really like it, especially come winter time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm always getting the the fruity teas to kind of just yeah to have it throughout the day. Yeah. Oh. A huge fan of it. <laughs> Glad to hear that. <laughs> a couple years ago, I think it was, we had Rachel Stewart on the podcast. Um, she does the Meet the mm-hmm. Germans um, Deutsche Welle 
videos. Yes. And she's also from the UK. And she said that she was not a big fan of the German tea. And I think specifically she said the milk is different. And that's why the like if you do the British tea with milk, it tastes different, she said. Yeah, I, I'm i not in that. Like, I'm not a big tea drinker with milk. I see. Okay. I've, I've probably only had it once. So once in your life? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible. Are you Brit. sure you're British? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I I would happily choose these these teas, like the fruity teas, any day. Yeah, over yeah. the milk. It's crazy with the variety of teas. What you said because it's very interesting. I was <laughs> so surprised when I moved to the U.S. And obviously, the U.S. is known as this country with endless options and when you go to the store you'll have like a whole aisle just of cereal and you'll have 200 different cereal types to choose from and that is true like that stereotype definitely holds up but when it comes to tea they have like this tiny little section and it costs an insane amount of money Um, like German tea is really cheap and then um, it costs like five dollars for just one little tiny thing of like a few tea bags and there's not a lot of variety you'll find like five different types of teas Wow, I didn't know that. So that's just not a thing in the States, drinking tea? I mean, they have black tea, so they have like what you guys would drink. But um, they have green tea and then they'll have like maybe a chamomile and a mint. And I feel like that's about it. Yeah, I don't know. What's up with that? Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, I think that in terms of like the British tea, you'll find it. Failing might actually get mad at me for asking this question. But for me as an American on New Year's Eve in Germany... I do not understand the obsession with dinner for one. I think it's something that's somewhat funny, but I don't understand the obsession behind it. Uh, what is your perception of it? And do you enjoy watching it? Or do you get annoyed that like this is something that they watch every single year and you're forced to watch? <laughs> so the first time I saw it, um, I honestly didn't really get you know, why it was a thing. But then it was kind of like, it just kind of brought everyone together. I don't know, like people were in the, the lounge or the like living room watching it, you know, laughing. I don't know, it just kind of created a, such a nice atmosphere. I don't know, whenever it came on, it's kind of like, oh, that's on. And then, you know, you'd laugh at some bits, maybe some bits you wouldn't now because it's just a bit over overplayed. But mm-hmm. honestly, now, like I always put it on or... You know, I'm always checking the schedule because I think they show it a lot of times during the day. I'm always they like, do, oh, when yeah. is it on? So I always just kind of put it on <laughs> in the background now. Uh, it's just a nice thing to have on during the day. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I mean, like it's, it, it is British. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this uh, when I first saw it. Um, so I, I now I get it because it is very kind of this this kind of British humor this clumsy mm-hmm. uh humor slapstick yeah yeah so uh, yeah i don't know i always stick it on now yeah. okay josh i guess you didn't find someone who's on your side with that <laughs> sorry i mean i'm not against it i just don't understand <laughs> okay, i mean I you have you. to be drunk for it i think that's the main thing i think that's why it's also such a big new year's eve thing <laughs> yeah when exactly. you're drunk you find it hilarious and of course it's also kind of like having it being in british english it kind of just adds this like his name is james he's the butler i don't know it just adds this just comedic element to it i think to us yeah <laughs> and it's not just the germans either i think um, I get this mixed up every time, but I think it's Sweden or Norway, um, one of the Scandinavian countries where they also watch it on New Year's Eve. 
The one I don't quite get is the the dry hazelnut uh, for Aschenbrunn. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, I watched it I once and I was I was kind of like, mm, yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, that one's not comedy. That one's just a basically Cinderella um, yeah. adaption. And I think it's like a half German, half Czech production. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was initially filmed in German, if I remember no, correctly. It's, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. Dubbed, right? Yeah, okay. Um, but it's just been, I think, a thing for however many years, yeah. decades, I think. So it's just one of those movies. How, how about Zissy, speaking of Christmas movies? I don't yeah. think I've seen that one. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> What's it called? Zissy. Zissy. It's about the Austrian empress, Elisabeth. Okay. But her, I mean, so it's basically like kind of plays in Bavaria and Austria because she becomes the... Empress of Austria, um, but she was born in Bavaria, um, Stamberger See, and that's Possenhofen is where she grew up, which is right okay. by Stamberger See. It's based on a real historical figure. But in the 50s or 60s, they made like a trilogy, which is it's in this like super cheesy, corny movie style from that time, like cheesy romance, basically. So, um, wow. but it also has a co- comedic element to it. And I, okay. for example, I grew up with it. I love it. And they always play it around Christmas in Germany, too. So it's not necessarily oh, nice. the most manly movie. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of a lot of guys always say, oh, my girlfriend forces me to watch it with her. But <laughs> if you ever want to check it out, I don't know if your wife likes it. She probably knows of it. I think every German knows of it. Um, but yeah, that's another Christmas movie. Nice. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Speaking of your wife, I just was wondering what British uh, or English traditions have you guys uh, incorporated into your lives or has she incorporated into her life? Or are there any things in your home that are particularly British to you uh, that you haven't seen in Germany and that are very important to you? Oh, that is a good question. I I don't think there are many British elements uh, in our apartment here. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Gut eingedeutscht. Yeah, Berkeley. I mean, there's one thing. I have like this tiny little British flag. Okay. And whenever we buy a six pack of the, the Sprudel Wasser, I always stick it in the, in the, the plastic in the, in the water. I don't know. It just became a thing. I made it for a video once. Okay. And now I just stick this British flag uh, in the pack. And whenever the pack uh, finishes, we take it out, we put it in the next one. So the, like, this British flag somehow just sticks in the the, the six pack of the water. That's, That's the only crazy. thing I can think of. I like that. It's like the UK has conquered the German sparkling water. It is yeah. now ours. Like yes. in the in the comment sections, people always say this comment section is now, um, oh. what did they say? Territory of the Federal Republic of Germany or something like that. Oh, that was like literally the only comment. When I first started posting the videos, there was all that. That was, yeah. Yeah, because you uh, said your main audience is Germans, right? Yeah. Or it was in the beginning. Now mm-hmm. it's a very 50-50 split, I would Between say. Between the UK? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a mix. Okay. Um, USA is probably a bigger part of that mix. Okay. Um, UK is actually a very small percentage of the other 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of Austria, Switzerland, uh, Italy, Turkey. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Turkey. I wonder if it's Germans living in Turkey or... <laughs> it could be. It could very well be. 
Interesting. I honestly um, don't know uh, the percentage that is German. I don't know if they're people just living in Germany or they're actually German. This is why I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't show you that in the in the analytics. No. It's funny, though, because like a lot of people who aren't really into that kind of like in the that don't really know the scene or the the industry always assume that for me, for me, for example, people always assume that my main audience is Germans, whereas it's actually Americans, because my American audience wants to know what I as a German think of their country. And I would I would have assumed it's the same for you, which turns out to be true, that like Germans want to see how you as a non-German perceive them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny how it doesn't really catch the attention of the kind of, yeah, like the UK or America, you know, um, or Germany. Yeah. In your case. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's because it's, they uh, don't really see those things happening in real life. It really, when it gets, fu- it gets funny once you see you doing a skit about something that you do encounter in everyday life and then you're like, yes, you nailed yeah. it. That's exactly how it goes down. Yeah. So people who've true. never been to Germany, I think, probably just, you know, don't yeah, find right. it as relevant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What is the most memorable experience that you've had as far as getting recognized uh, while out and about? That is a good one. Is that is a good one. Most memorable. Or most uncomfortable. Most uncomfortable. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I went to um, Berlin, I think, three three or four months ago. And, you know, usually it's not, it's not very many people that kind of notice me. Um, but there it was kind of like, and one day it was like 50 people. And wow. I was just like, wow. Like I could just kind of feel a lot of eyes mm-hmm. on me. And it that I did feel... A little bit uncomfortable because I am quite like an introverted person, mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of like, wow, okay, this is getting quite real. So, yeah, a few days after that, I would kind of felt a bit, I don't know. I was very like grateful, and people were coming up to me wanting pictures and stuff. It's amazing, but it was kind of like, you know, this is what do I want this for my personality type? It was kind of like. Yeah, I had mixed feelings, but you know, it's just something that I've I need to get used to. And there's some very nice people, always very respectful as well. It's like, oh, you know, I don't wanna take too much of your time and stuff. So always very respectful. I haven't had any bad experiences. Okay, um, that's good. So yeah, it always very like kind of taken back by it. Mm-hmm. When someone just kind of like, hey, you know, can we take a picture? Like, just that's just insane. Mm-hmm. I think probably the first time I got recognized, maybe a year ago, sticks out. That was kind of just like, wow, what is going on? Do you remember where that happened? <laughs> that was in the, the town I live in, the small okay. village in uh, Baden-Württemberg. Yeah. It was like on the street? It, I was uh, just about to go to the shop. Okay. And uh, I think it was a young a young guy. He was like probably 15, 16. And uh, he was kind of with, with his group of mates and they all came over and wanted a, a picture. I was, I was just like, wow. Because, you know, <laughs> I just sit at home and make the videos. I don't really, my life isn't that crazy. I don't go out right. that much. Um, so that was just like, that was a huge thing. Um, but yeah, really cool. It was, it was cool. 
That's good. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about being a content creator on the internet is like you're not out there like um, a pop star out on the stages or like on movie sets. You don't have this this crazy stage life, and then but you're still such a big person of interest for the public because they see you on their phones all the time, and then they kind of like they feel connected to you. Maybe even in a more intimate way than with like traditional pop stars and and celebrities. And that's that's the wild part about all of this. I get asked this too, and I'm not even nearly as big as you, but like people sometimes think that I live this crazy life and I go on to events all the time and that's really not at all what I do. I just sit here and I make my, my videos at home. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> the simple life. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, to kind of wrap it up, um, I thought it might be nice to kind of look into the future a bit and um, ask you, What what are your future plans with like professionally, but also do you see yourself living in Germany long term? Uh, so I'll answer the second part first. Sure. Um, <laughs> I I didn't at first when I was playing basketball. It was kind of like I'm going to do this. I'm going to live here until my basketball career kind of finishes, and then I wanted to convince my wife to move to the UK. Mm -hmm. But now I've kind of stopped the basketball. It's kind of like. And now this is happening. I can definitely see myself living here for a long time because I think I have more opportunities to travel back and forward now because mm -hmm. I can kind of work on my own time and I can, yeah, I can balance that a bit more seeing my family. So right. I think I, I plan to stay in Germany for a long time. Mm -hmm. And with things coming up, uh, we are actually planning to start a podcast, my wife and I. Oh, you two together. Yes. That's awesome. Is it going to be That's in English? That's really cool. It is going to be mainly okay. in English, yeah. So that is coming up. It's been in the works for a couple months. Okay. So we're just kind of finalizing stuff. And yeah, hopefully the first episode comes out this month. Nice. What's it going to be called? So in Germany, we don't say. Okay. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, honestly, for all of our listeners, if you're sad that our podcast is ending, uh, maybe you're just going to have to switch over to Liam's um, podcast. What's your wife's name, by the way? I don't think I know that. Valerie. Valerie. Okay. No, I think I have actually heard that before. Um, so I guess then you're you're going to have to switch over to Liam's and uh, Valerie's podcast in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Maybe because we've never done something like this before. So. Yeah. We're just going to give it a go. My wife is kind of been her kind of dream or mm -hmm. something she would really like to do as well. Um, so mm -hmm. we're just going to try it together, see how it goes. So, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a really cool idea. And in terms of content creation, do you see yourself doing that for the next next few years? Or do you have any plans to kind of, I don't know, some content creators plan on having a Netflix show or write a book or kind of just using that as a platform for something else? How's that for you? So I definitely want to keep going with the content creation, but my my goal now is to is to get a TV show. Okay. To really expand the content, the characters, give it a lot of depth, storyline. Um, yeah, I could just see it like kind of a Mr. Bean style. Um, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, mm -hmm. Show, just set in Germany. So yeah, that's what I'm envisioning and I'm yeah, going to try and make it happen. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. Super I hope cool. that that's going to work out. Is there anything in the, like in the background going on yet or is it just a dream as of right now? It's just a dream. Okay. And 
I'm just really trying to up the content to kind of get the idea across to more people that it could kind of be a thing. Because mm-hmm. my videos always used to be very short and now they're like, they're getting up to a minute mm-hmm. for the videos. And now I want to kind of start posting longer videos on YouTube. That's kind of the next step. Kind of see how the reaction is there with the, mm-hmm. the longer sketches. And then if it kind of is received well, then I don't see why it couldn't become bigger than that either. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. That's an amazing plan. I hope it all works out for you. Um, I guess Thanks. we're going to be following along. And to all of our viewers and listeners, if you aren't following Liam yet, you definitely need to check him out. So maybe you can tell them real quick where they can find you. Yeah, so TikTok and YouTube is Liam Carps. And Instagram is Liam Carps one Someone else has Liam Carps as the username on Instagram. So it's Liam Carps one on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, like having that little one. Why isn't uh, why is it Liam Carps and not Carpenter? So my nickname uh, when I was playing basketball and in the school used to be Carps. Ah. I don't know. I just I kind of wanted a shorter version of the Carpenter in yeah. the in the in the username. So Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, everyone go check him out, follow him on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and then hopefully we'll find out about your podcast once it's out and about your TV show once that's out next year on IID. I don't know where. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> we'll see. That'd, yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I can imagine it being very like this comedy thing, but also there'd be very like this kind of wholesome storyline where like, mm-hmm. The British guy kind of adapts to life and in the end he kind of feels like he's really like he's become a better person like Germany's just really molded him into this kind of yeah this uh this guy who can just kind of deal with life in Germany a better way. Fixed him. Yeah yeah he goes from being like this clumsy guy to yeah he's kind of got his stuff to, like he's act together now so yeah. I like that. So hopefully it kind of sends a positive like a positive message as well, yeah. even though I'd be making fun as usual. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, um, as I said, good luck with that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think this was really, really fascinating to talk to you because you show up on my feet almost every single day and finally <laughs> get to actually learn a little bit more about you. And so did our audience. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks yes. you both for having me. Thanks so much, Liam, uh, for sitting down and talking with us. Uh, and again, sorry for the the little bit of uh, technical problems. I don't know how well you guys can tell or not, but my computer decided to poop out on us uh, there at the end. So uh, yeah. thanks for hanging in there with us, Liam, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, we hope that you all enjoyed this conversation as well as much as we did. Um, it's really cool, and I think it's super interesting when we get to talk with these type of people that you know from social media, but then to sit down and talk with them and get to know the person behind behind the skits and behind the videos is always uh, something that I really, really enjoy about uh, us doing this podcast. So we hope that you all uh, also enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up comments or questions, you can leave them on YouTube or also on Spotify. They've had this like little comment function for the last couple months or few months. Um, so you can also check that out. Also, if you are listening on Spotify, you probably know that our uh, podcast is also always on there as a video podcast, so you can listen to the audio or watch it. That's only a Spotify function, though. They don't really have that on Apple Podcast yet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it and let us know your feedback in the comments. And with that, 
we'll be back in probably two weeks. <laughs> we shall see, see you but then. we'll see. Talk to you, talk to you, Demist. <laughs> Tschüss.